This is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast, hosted by Roman Prokopchuk, bringing you all things digital marketing, tech, business, and motivation. What's stopping you from becoming relentless in all aspects of life? Are you ready to become a digital savage? Let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone, this is Roman Prokopchuk and this is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast. Today I have with me Lunid Lewis. She was born in Haiti, a third world country. She migrated to New York City at the age of 10. She spent 12 years in Boston, Massachusetts where she received her bachelor's and master's degree in organizational psychology. Today, Lunid lives in San Diego, California, a move she made back in 2011 to pursue her doctorate degree in organizational psychology and leadership. Lunid is the host of the Best Morning Routine Ever podcast. The podcast is the first of its kind, devoting a whole show discussing effective morning routine tips and chatting with entrepreneurs and thought leaders in their appropriate fields on how their healthy morning habits have contributed to their success. Thank you for joining me today. So tell me a little bit about your journey. So obviously I'm an immigrant as well. I came to the United States at five. So tell me a little bit about how you got here and how did you get to where you are now? Yeah, absolutely. Um, At the age of 10, I was in Haiti, tropical weather with my mom and my two other siblings. And my grandmother, who has been in the States for about um, 10 years, had been working super hard and um, making sure that we got our visa and we were able to come to the States. So my mom, who was the first out of 11 kids, let all her kids get their papers first because she was waiting for her kids to get, um, for us, the kids to get our papers before coming to the States. And so she didn't leave us behind. And that was very selfless of her. And I thought about that this morning that I wrote that in my gratitude journal, like I'm thankful for for her um, selfless act because once we um, all were coming to the United States, we experienced a culture shock together. We were all together. And so it made it a lot easier to transition from tropical weather to freaking blizzard, cold, windy New York City when we landed in 1995. And from then on, it's been a, a whirlwind of, of culture shock and learning and growth. And I have to tell you, I am grateful and it's, 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 uh, it's been a, a great journey to get here because education has been a big part of my upbringing, a big part of my background. And that's why um, today as a professor, I'm giving back in, in, into um, to the education system. Yeah, I think education is, is very important as long as kind of your focus with it, because if you uh, go in different directions. Uh, obviously, in the United States, higher education is more of a business. So if you really know what you want to do, like you wanted to do and, and get to it, uh, I think it's great. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, there's a shift too with education. I was, I've been a professor for over uh, six years now. And the shift with education is now it's um, tailored. You're looking for the core competencies and there's this knowledge era, right? Um, where you are only going to pay for what you need to learn. Your um, masterminds, I'm sure you've heard of those um, currently like floating around, getting in a group and actually leveraging of other people's expertise. 
and it's not a new phenomenon. It really is um, something that um, I'm like I'm, I read in Think and Grow Rich. Napoleon Hill, and and when he was doing his interviews with the entrepreneurs and successful people back in those days, they they formed up alliances, like we are doing so today, because the traditional. Um, school system as you say is a business it's a faulty business and it's it has to change and i think that's where the shift is going with a lot of us um realizing what our talents and our gifts are and and saying you know what i can help somebody do what i did it took me 10 years but I, if with my expertise or with my help they can do it in two years that's timeless. You're saving so much time and money there instead of going to school for 30 grand a year and then coming out with a student debt, which I have, by the way. And it just puts you at a deficit, especially being an immigrant, because you don't have that. Um, the, the, it's not a hand-me-down, but you don't have that wealth, that generational wealth, right? Because you're coming in here, you're, you're first generation and you're working, you know, you're first generation yourself and you're working super hard to make ends meet, to make it work. And you don't have mommy and daddy who's going to give you $20,000 to put down on a down payment. You got to come up with that by yourself. But if you go to school, you come out with a debt of $60,000, $70,000. You already had, you know, there's no surplus here. Yeah, I agree. And I think that debt leads to a lot of, obviously, anxiety, depression, and even suicide. One of uh, my brother's friends from his childhood, he ended up uh, messing up in law school, flunking out, but he had that debt to pay. So he had, you know, six-figure debt. He didn't know what to do, and he committed suicide. So, like, that's, that's very real. So, like you said, I think, you know, the whole education system as a whole needs to be reevaluated and, you know, position more in terms of putting out people that are well-educated in the fields they want to do and not necessarily, you know, make as much as they can while they're in school off of them. I I 100% agree because as your friend is like an example of that, it really is disheartening to see because you are, you're, you're, you're indebted and that creates anxiety, as you said, but also insecurity. There's this lack, right? And then we we have, and it's it's ingrained in our head this lack towards money, like we can't have it. We, it doesn't belong to us, and we don't know how to go get it. That lack of education because you you already started, you're buried before you even start making money. And so I totally agree with you. And it, there's this need to sh- of a shift to learn from the people who have succeeded, because success leaves clues success leaves a trail so pick your tribe and pick who you want to learn from and actually pursue that because um the old way of doing things it's not working for our um new era i agree so in terms of obviously where you've gotten and the education level you were at were you always passionate about uh psychology or when you came to the united states how how did you kind of get assimilated and get kind of uh find your passion yeah for sure that's a great question and I was t- um, talking to uh, my fiance about this last night um, when I grew up I grew up in Brooklyn um, I came from um, Haiti up into Brooklyn and lived in Brooklyn did middle school because I was 10 years old I did middle school in Brooklyn and I got into this um, high school called Medga Evers and it was a, a test school and Medga Evers had a um, proceeding a college that you can go to right after you you graduate high school so I had this 
all four years planned out for me what I'm going to do. And Medgar Evers was um, planned around the police force. I was going to be a police officer. I was going to be NYPD, the badge and everything. That was the plan. I was, this is what I wanted to do. And I was in for after college and working for a few years, I was going to go into forensic psych. And so that's where psychology started um, for me. And right after I graduated eighth grade, I, I had... I was, you know, uh, 11 to 13 years old and I had a crush on the boy that lived downstairs. I don't speak English. I don't know what to do. I'm awkward as hell. I, <laughs> if you know any Haitians, we are colorful colors, not matching. And we couldn't wear the Air Forces, the Jordan. And these kids, you know, Americans with the Jordans, the, the Timberlands. And here I am p- buying at Payless because that's what my family, my family could could afford and already you already um you're shunned you're you're disqualified from being in the in group and hanging out so I like this boy and I had a journal at the time I couldn't speak to him so I wrote in my journal so I picked I would get on this journal and write um my what I want to accomplish and also how I daydream about this guy and one time my mom came came into the room and says you know um Lou go out to the store and grab me some some milk and to my default I left my um journal open and I come, I go to the store. I was like, right now, I go to the store, I come back, and she's reading it. So she's reading this journal, and she could pick out the words kiss and like and all this. And then she says, this is what you want to do with your life? You want to be out here and get pregnant and don't make nothing out of it yourself? You know how immigrant parents are. Mm-hmm. It just goes from, it's not loving. There's no in between. It's like straight life ends because you make one mistake. <laughs> like, so, um she she let it go she says you cannot talk to him you cannot this will never happen and we always go to boston to see my grandmother for the summer and so that summer i graduated middle eighth grade and i'm going off to high school i got it all planned out and i i realized i'm packed more than everyone else my mom packed my stuff but i had more more clothing items than everyone else did so i like i paid no attention to it um so we get to boston we had a great summer and two days before we come back for school come back to New York, my mother says to me, you are not going back with me. Jaw drop. I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> but you're my mother. She says, this, I, I will not have you coming back. And I, Roman, I was mute. I was, I had anger issues. I was bitter. I had a, um, just, just a hard time adapting to that, to that fact. My own mother just abandoned me and left me with my grandmother. But it turned out it, an event that actually changed my life for the better. And we don't see it looking, we don't see it then, but it's easier, as Steve Jobs says, it's easier to connect the dots looking backwards. And now that I look backwards, I ended up, I found a school in two days, I was able to go to, um, to a school and education became a bigger part because that's the only thing I could control because I felt like I had no control at that point, right? 14 years old and just feel like I was being ripped from my, my immediate family that I came to New York with. So I focused on my education and studied psychology even more and then got into just studying people in the workplace, studying, doing clinical psychology. So the psychology just shifted from forensic psych to being a police officer to clinical psychology and now to um, psychology in business, in the business and studying entrepreneurs and leaders, which leads me to who I am today with a PhD in that, in that field and having the podcast where I interview entrepreneurs. No, that's great. So what motivates you to succeed? In 2019, motivation for me is um, time freedom. Um, our biggest asset, our biggest wealth is our time. 
And in 2019, um, I want to gain control over that. And by time freedom, Roman, I mean, not just getting out of a nine to five where I have the majority of my day to do what I want to do, what I love doing, which is precisely what we're doing here in education, educating people in writing content and doing all that, but also time to spend, um, to spend with the ones that I do love. Um, to be able to travel, to be able to um, immerse myself in other cultures. I'm a world traveler. i um, visited um, several countries so far and making my way through the state. And I need the time and the financial means to do it. And so my motivation right now is to gain control of my biggest asset, my time. I agree. And I think travel is very important. It, it, it leads to a different perspective that you may have had before taking that trip to some places some places where people obviously live a lot more impoverished, some more wealthy, but you can learn a lot from, you know, every different culture, what they have to offer. I agree. And it's compassion that you lo- you you learn um, along the way because you you realize you're, you're here in the States and you have all these opportunities. We're both from uh, I'm third, third world country. We're both immigrants and we know like people are struggling just to get food on their table at night. They don't have money. They don't have sometimes clean water, electricity. I didn't have electricity growing up or running toilet for crying out loud. But when I go visit, especially other third world countries, and I realize how much we have here in the States, yet we're not happy. Yet uh, happiness eludes us. Yet um, satisfaction eludes us. Contentment with life eludes us. And then it makes you wonder, what is the key to true happiness? What is the key to true success? And so these trips always give me this perspective of like happiness is not about materialistic things you do have. It, it It's about connecting with other people. It's about serving other people. It's about giving back to other people as you do um, being a foster, a foster parent, right? You you find joy in that where you, no money can quantify what that, what's that like for you. And when I go to these countries and, and people are just, um, they're simple. The, the simplistic way of living, it, it really is, I'm in awe of that. And when we come to to our environment, it's a hustle and bustle. It's running here, it's running there. We don't even have time to put a morning routine together. We don't have time to meditate. We don't have time to calm down um, um, our mind and listening to our spirit and our soul for guidance throughout the day, you know? Yeah, I agree. And I think when I, you know, go overseas or even when I went to Hawaii for the first time to visit my wife's family for a family reunion, it puts like things that what you should be grateful for in perspective, how much you really have in the United States and the opportunities you have. But even in Hawaii, that's the 50th sort of state. A lifestyle is a lot different because it's in, you know, the South Pacific. Everybody is like laid back, super nice, super helpful. And it's just like a really good change of pace. Their priorities are different. Yep. And because because of that, their quality of life is different. I mean, people are living longer out there. Um, we Like in Haiti, we didn't have obesity, diabetes, and hypertension and all that stuff because we ate off the ground. We grew it in our backyard. We grew the potatoes. We made, we grew the rice. Um, we ate off the land and we didn't have to worry about processed food too. And so those people, they, the life expectancy is higher. It's higher for them because on the natural, they're, they're happy, they're smiling, and they're they're bonding with each other. Yeah, I, mean, I think we need a little bit of that on the continental U.S. Yeah. 
So what's one weakness that you may have had in the past that you've turned around and utilized as a strength today? I'm very uh, siloed. I'm a, I, I'm a, I like, I'm a loner per se. Like I spend a lot of time alone. I'm very comfortable being by myself, <laughs> if I should say. And that has been a weakness in the past because I don't socialize as much. And when I do get an opportunity to socialize, I panic and I don't know what to say. Even till today and I'll be in meetings and I'm like the quiet one in meetings. I'm like, why don't I say anything? Why don't I speak up? I have great ideas, but I, I shy away from um, from being um, flamboyant. I shy away from being loud. And that has started to work in my favor because now that um, as a thinker, you can imagine I have a lot of ideas running into my head. So I've been able to put those ideas in journals as even as a young child, I kept writing and able to put those on paper. And now I'm using that to write content. I'm using that to help other people grow and develop. And so that what was once a flaw, me being um, introverted, being a loner, having no friends, like I, I, having, not having a best friend for a long time and not connecting with people, I had a hard time connecting with people. And today I'm able to um, use that at my advantage where I do um, talk and, and connect with entrepreneurs and people in my life and, and started to build meaningful relationships. Um, and accepting myself, started accepting myself for who I am and stop trying to change, stop trying to be extroverted, stop trying to be um, and loud, but stop trying to be outgoing when you really are not. When um, you find people, you, you're, if I'm, I'm genuine now, and so people value my, me being honest and being real. No, I agree. I think being yourself and I mean, I a lot of the time prefer to be on my own more so than being in like, you know, chaotic kind of social situations. But taking that and you know not forcing myself but getting into more networking events more conferences and stuff like that and, and making attempt to meet people more and more my terms and not forcing it like you said really helps and helps me open up a little bit more as well yeah it's easier on you because it's not forced it's it's easier because we're we're habitual creatures and it's hard to try to um, change so drastically and do it fast because you got to give yourself time your personality time to adjust <laughs> to the new habit to the new um, efforts that you're putting forward like for going out to networking and I realize okay I'll do one a week versus I'll do three a week because that will burn me out and so it's it's planning just have you done Roman it's, it's strategizing um, what's the game plan you got to plan for everything. Honestly, if you want to be more outgoing and want to network more and want to increase your um, your group with elite, more elite people, you got to um, hash out a plan for a month. If it's like how many events are you going to attend to? Who are you going to have in your circle? Who are you going to reach out to? And for me, I, I had to do that. I had to say, I'll do one meetup a week or I'll sign up for two Facebook groups. And I, I will talk once a week on the Facebook group because even though I joined the group, I'm still very silent. Yep. Something for you to hold yourself accountable that you can, you know, attain and hold yourself to. Yeah, absolutely. Because you, you got to plan and you got to have that um, that um, reward at the end. Why are you doing this? You got to ensure that the, the why is bigger than the how so that you can you can find, um, proceed with it. I agree. So what's one piece of advice you may have for the audience, personal or professional? Yeah, my personal um advice is to improve the quality of your day 
and enhance the quality of your life, you have to get a morning routine in place. We are habitual creatures. We set them up anyway. It, it just happens without our permission. It's like you get up, you hit snooze, you roll over, you you growl out of bed, you're unhappy, you get ready, you you put on your, your you know your face, your your clothes, and you run out the door. But what about taking care of your mind? What about spending some time with the, uh, med- in meditation? What about reading something stimulating? What about um, visualizing what your goals are for the day or visualizing what your goals are? If we were to do that in, in less than 10 minutes, we can start to shift our mindset to having a better day. And that in return is a domino effect because that habit will, will affect other areas of our lives. And that's why I, I, with the best morning routine, I've been collecting data and been talking to tons and tons of entrepreneurs. I've been able to pick out the commonalities, the things that come up more frequently. And I have developed a, a framework um, for individuals to follow um, in under 10 minutes because um, as a psychologist, other doctors have mentioned that whatever you do in the first eight minutes of the day will set the tone for the rest of it. And that's, that's just, that's 1%, right, of, of the day, whatever you do, that, that, that first 10 minutes will make sure, ensure you have a better day. And so I have developed a framework called Hit Savers, and it's an acronym for um, your Hit Savers, where you do these nine things in the morning, in your habit, so that you can create uh, a healthy ones or a healthy routine. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, I think starting out your day regardless how you start your day like you said if you started out negatively uh you know you get some bad news or first thing you do is read an email and it's something negative you end up being affected by it all day and it kind of destroys the day but like you said having a positive routine or redoing or re- rehashing and redoing some of the negative ones can really uh, go a long way yeah absolutely because we're what we have 60,000 thoughts a day and we're waking up with the same thoughts we had yesterday. So it's a, it's a uh, audio that is on replay and on repeat and you should hear the things that's on there. It, they're, they're negative. You're like, what are the, the, the conversations you're having with yourself? The I am's, you know, I'm not enough. I'm not competent. And this, these negative things that you have to be diligent and, and intentional about changing. Um, how you speak to yourself and what you do here, because it, it will affect you. We have ants. We all have ants. We all have automatic negative thoughts. It's a given. It's going to happen because it's just how we were socially constructed. Um, kids hear no over a thousand times, <laughs> uh, you know, in a week. And so um, what do you think you're going to be um, ingrained? What what affirmation is going to be ingrained in your in your mind? And so it really is is requiring some time for yourself in the morning to start um, making that shift. If you open up your your cell phone first thing in the morning and look scroll through social media, look at your likes, look at your feedback from the day before, that's a habit. That starts ingrained as a habit because now you have a cue. You wake up, you want to that feel good, so you want to see how many people liked you, and that becomes a routine. The reward you get is that feel good um, feeling that people acknowledge you. And you, you just form a habit. You didn't even know it. So throughout the day, sporadically, you'll feel the urge to check how many more likes did I get? Did anybody else um, comment? And just like that, without your permission, it just formed. And you'll see yourself doing it day in and day out. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's, social media is a gift and a curse that way. And it's become kind of a real 
addiction because like you said it, it gives you you know pleasure it spikes your dopamine levels in terms of you know seeing the people that liked you or not but at the end of the day i've you know i've said it on my podcast other podcasts it's just a highlight reel so everyone's going through something regardless of the severity of it but they're still going through something but they don't post 24 7 of their life you know a live feed of their life they just highlight you know a good vacation or a nice meal or a get together and it's not a accurate depiction of one's whole life mm-hmm. well put about social media i agree a hundred percent um so don't let that be um your motivation don't let that be the first thing you you feed your mind because it's not real it's not uh, um it's not your reality either and and start creating your own you be in control of your mind be in control of your day that's how it begins yep and it's addicting so <laughs> limit your time if you can absolutely so i really appreciate you coming on today can you let the audience know how they can find you yeah absolutely i'd like to briefly tell them what the hit savers app is about i i'm developing an application to go along with the podcast that covers the nine actionable items that can be done in nine minutes to improve the quality of your day and the um, h in hit savers stands for hydration hydrating first thing in the morning and i outlined the benefits of doing that because um it, it also helps with brain fog in the morning um the i is i am profoundly grateful for and here is the journal that's where the journal comes from like three things that you are grateful for even if you think it you can write it down and then time's up make your bed because i have a famous quote that i am going to I, I believe it's going viral. We went, uh, a made up bed is a made up mind. That's my quote. And I, and I, and that helps with, um, being productive first thing in the morning when you do make your bed up. And then the uh, S is for silence, meditation, taking deep breaths and, and actually listening to your breath so that you're present. If you're present in the morning, you'll be present throughout the day in that meeting with your kids, with your wife, wherever you are, you'll be present. And, um, A is for affirmations, those negative automated thoughts, those ants, this is your opportunity to change them. Start reaffirming that I am anointed. I am blessed. I'm going to have a great day type of thing. And then V is for visioneering is what I call when you put yourself in alpha state and I'll break it down um, later on in my podcast and in the book. In the app as well is when you get yourself in an alpha state so that you can be relaxed and you can think about a goal that you want, but you bring in a, a good feeling from an old, another experience that you previously had. And then exercising is the E. And of course you read. And then the last one, you take a shower, but make it a cold shower because there are a slew of benefits for taking a 60 second shower at the end of your long, hot shower because it helps with um, serotonin it helps with um, being alert and awakeness and focus so that's the hit savers app in a in a nutshell it is coming out in about 30 days and also to connect with me is simply at my website it is my name lunidlewis.com l-u-n-i-d-e-l-o-u-i-s.com there you'll find the podcast episode you'll find my book you'll find the app and of course um info just data and information on how to build, build healthy habits. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you stopping by. Thanks again. Thank you so much, Roman. You have a great day now.
This podcast has been brought to you by Nova Zora Digital. Find out how Nova Zora Digital can help your company grow online. Learn more at NovaZoraDigital.com. Until next time, all you digital savages.